Joshua. Let's stop that, I say. <laughs> you know, when, if you sneeze three times, you, I say, that's it. You get no more blessing. I've blessed you three times. <laughs> oh, praise God. Amen. Well, are you, are you excited about living? Amen. You know, when you strip uh, all the distractions away and all the frivolous away, and you really boil life down to its essence, to the bones of it. It's going to come down to God and people. Make your life in 2023 about God and people. And, and don't refuse to live your life caught up in the rat race of the world. We live in the busy, most busy, distracted age of any generation of human beings that have ever lived on the planet. And uh, some of it is just inescapable. We gotta work, we gotta raise our children, we gotta go places, we gotta buy groceries, we gotta do all those things, amen? But inside you, if nothing else, amen? You live at peace. And you're living for God, and you're living to help and bless people. And, that, and just make your life about that, amen? And uh, there's, there's really nothing worth staying on planet earth for except God and people and, and accomplishing his plan for your life. And no matter what the specific assignment is on your life, I guarantee you it's going to boil down to those two things. It's about God and people. Amen. Uh, amen. And, uh, but uh, I'm just so stirred and excited about what God instructed me uh, to minister to us all today. And uh, I want to minister to us about, in 2023, about possessing our promised land. Possessing our promised land. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray. Father, we come to you in this moment right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for imparting a prophetic vision and revelation. Not only for this church and church family but for the individuals, the ministries that are represented here, the families, the individuals, the businesses, and all that pertains to us, God. Your word says that where there is no vision, people perish. One translation says where there is no prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraint. My favorite translation says the people run wild where there's no vision. So, Father, thank you for uh, taking us back to true north, if you will recalibrating our life's compass, that God, that if we've strayed to any degree to the left or to the right, that we're setting our faces like flint right now. Father God, to live for you and for your plan and nothing else. And we know that every good thing that we'd ever dream, want, desire for ourselves or for our children, our family, is all wrapped up and tied to that great plan. Father, help me today. Help me to speak forth your word. Help me to deliver what you've put in my heart with accuracy and with simplicity and help the people to receive it. Let it land not just on their mind, not go in one ear and out the other, but be branded upon their hearts and be glorified, Father, most of all, in all that is said and all that's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want us to, uh, well, let me give you a little background. Of course, most of you, all of you probably would know about, you know, God made this covenant with Abraham, and God's ultimate aim in Abraham was to bless every family on the earth. And he has done that potentially because through Abraham's lineage, Jesus, the Messiah, was born and brought into the earth. And Jesus came and he, he paid the price for our sin. And the door of salvation stands wide open right now. And no matter what you've done, no matter how bad your past, no matter how great your sins, the Father's arms are wide open. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at the world. That's what makes the gospel good news. And he's just simply saying, believe. Turn unto me, repent of your sins, and receive Jesus as your Lord. And you'll be, all, you'll be instantly made new. Eternal life will be imparted. It just, you know, I want to go down that road, but uh, it's the most vital and important thing. And, uh, but as God began to unfold, you know, he, uh, Isaac came along, Abraham's miracle son, and then came Jacob, and Jacob uh, gave birth to 12 sons. 
and from them came the twelve tribes of Israel. And uh, we know that there was a famine in the land in Joseph's time, and that's what got uh, Abraham and Jacob's descendants all into Egypt in the first place. And they were there for about 430 years. And at the end of that time, a Pharaoh rose up who'd forgotten all that Joshua did to bless them. And he began to oppress the Hebrew people. Uh, he began to, uh, you know, make them really work hard labor as slaves. And they did that for a long time. But God raised up a deliverer. There came a time where God remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham. Amen. And part of the covenant that God made with Abraham, Abraham's assignment uh, was pretty simple. Day to day, his assignment was to walk in the land. God had given him the borders of a land that uh, this nation of people we call the Jews or the Hebrew people, that God made an everlasting covenant with them to give them the land, amen, forever. And that is why it is such a catastrophic mistake for our government or any government to press Israel to divide the land. That's not my sermon, but books have been written every time one of our presidents pushes Israel to give up land for peace, we get things like a Hurricane Katrina. Because, and that's the kind of, so many devastating natural disasters have happened during times where Democratic and Republican presidents were pressing the, the Hebrew people in Israel to give up land for peace. And there's never, never going to, he gave them that land. You may not like it, but God gave them that land. So much more land than what is Israel today. And, and so anyway, but they had been in Egypt and God raised up Moses. And God, through a mighty hand, his mighty hand and outstretched arm, he delivered them from Pharaoh. And his plan was to get them into that land that God had promised to Abraham. Amen. And so we call that the promised land. You can read those stories in Exodus uh, you know, the background and how the Hebrew people came uh, in Genesis, but then in Exodus and uh, Deuteronomy, praise God. But when you get over into the book of Joshua, uh, well, let me back up. Remember Moses, he tried his best to get those Hebrew people to go in and possess all the land that God had promised them. But do you know what? He had a hard time. He had a heck of a hard time blessing his people with abundance. He had a hard time. He had a hard time getting his people to follow him into a land that was filled uh, its valleys with vineyards. Uh, the Bible says that that land, its hills were filled with iron and copper and gold. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. One time God said, send some spies into the land. Have them go survey it and check it out. And they came back with a cluster of grapes that two men had to carry on a pole. And yet God could not get that generation over into the fullness of his blessing. And so because of that, God punished that generation and said, fine, you like the land of just enough? You like the land of just scraping by? Then everyone of you 20 and older, you can live in the wilderness till you die. And that's exactly what they did. 40 years. It took 40 years for all of them to die off. I wouldn't want to be 20 and older and go for a walk with one of those young people. Because all those young people are waiting for all the tw people 20 and older to die so that they could go out of there. And they're walking along a nice hill and that 15-year-old that goes, Sorry, Pop. You know, there goes another one. We're one Hebrew closer to getting out of here. Well, it took Moses his whole life. He was so frustrated. He, God told him to speak to the rock, but he was so mad at those people. He struck the rock with his stick and water came out. But God said, oh, Moses, I'm going to hold you accountable for that. You don't get to go in the promised land either. And so eventually he died. But then Joshua Joshua was raised up and that assignment and that anointing fell on him. And you can read in Joshua chapter 1, we're in Joshua chapter 18, God says, now get up, Moses my servant is dead. Take this people, cross the Jordan River and begin to possess the land. And so they began to do it. 
By the time you get to Joshua chapter 18, they had possessed about half the land. They possessed about half of what God had made available for them. Are y'all following me? Because we're going somewhere this morning. Amen. And uh, then they, they kind of settled in and, uh, and didn't do anything more. And so let's pick this up in Joshua chapter 18 and verse 1. And it says, The whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up there the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes. Well, out of 12, that's, that's the majority of tribes. Which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Now notice this, highlight this. Mark this passage if you got something to mark your Bible with. How long? How long? That's prophetic for us today. How long are you slack? God, through Joshua, called him a slacker. How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers has given you? And then he goes on for a chapter or so talking about all the land that was yet to be possessed. Amen? Amen. Well, I looked at that phrase up. I was just arrested about that phrase. Looked it up in a couple of different translations. I like the different phrases. For example, the New King James, uh, New King James says, How long will you neglect? How long will you neglect? I hope you got ears to hear this morning. The New Living Translation says, How long will you wait? How long will you wait? The God's Word translation says, How long will you waste time? How long will you waste time? The message translation says it this way, How long are you going to sit around on your hands putting off taking possession? You want to hear those again? How long will you neglect? How long will you wait? How long will you waste time? How long are you going to sit around on your hands putting off taking possession? Hallelujah. Well, you know, like I said with this group, God had a tough time. God had a tough time getting them. You wouldn't think that you'd have such a tough time getting people to be blessed. Don't get quiet on me, WHC. You know where I'm going with this. Amen. You, you wouldn't think God would have so much trouble getting people to receive healing. Getting people to receive soundness of mind. Getting people to be excited about prosperity. Now that's a head scratcher for me for sure. Because people leave the church building and they chase money and things all week. And yet I'm telling you, God has already carved out, amen, a land, a blessing, everything you would ever need, amen. For us today as New Testament believers, the uh, promised land or Canaan's land, it's not, people sometimes say that Canaan's land is a type of heaven, but that's, that's not true. That cannot be true. Because, why? Because when they went over across the Jordan, they had to fight a battle. There were enemies. There were walled cities. Those people there, God said, go in and kick them out. Go in and dispossess them. Take what they currently have. Now, why would God do that? Well, because they were a wicked, idolatrous people. Amen. It's not like that God didn't love them, but they weren't interested in knowing God, following God. They were wicked, dark, idolatrous. They were the kind of, some of those people would uh, worship their god Moloch by feeding their babies, their infants, into that fire as a, as, an, as a gift, as a sacrifice. God said, leave none alive. And take the cities, take the land for yourself, for I have given it to you as an eternal possession. Amen. Well, when we get to heaven... There aren't going to be any giants in the land. There aren't going to be any walled cities trying to keep us out. There are not going to be any more battles to fight. So Canaan's land cannot be a type of heaven. Well, what is it then? Canaan's land's a type of the new birth. 
Canaan's land is a type of the baptism with the Holy Ghost and all of the blessings of God, the believer's inheritance in Christ. Amen? It's a perfect type and shadow. Well, notice God gave it to those Israelites, but God said, you go and possess it. You go and lay hold of it. He said, I've ordained it. I'm here to help you. You're going to need me. You're going to need me. You're going to need my instruction, my wisdom, my favor, my power. But you're, I'm with you. Get up and go. Get up and go. Well, they finally did, and those walls came out. Their, their first city, the Jericho, you know, walled cities, man. God, God helped them, and they possessed their first city. And all of those spoils. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That night they slept in beds they did not buy or build. And they were giants in the land, so they were California king-sized beds. <laughs> they weren't cots in the wilderness. No more living in tents. Amen? But just as it is today, it was back then that was, there was so many of God's people back then that were content to settle for scraps. They were content to just eke out an existence. Listen, what is God saying to us today? God is saying, in, He's saying a lot of things today, but one of the things He's saying is, stop giving me such a hard time. Come on, would you just get on board and let me heal you? Stop falling for the religious lie that it's not my will or that healing passed away. Right? How long, God says, are you going to sit there sick? How long are you going to sit there infirm? How long are you going to put up with that pain? How long are you going to put up with headaches? How long? When Jesus already suffered, he already took those stripes in his back. Come on. He already took his blood into heaven and purchased an eternal redemption. How long are you going to suffer torment in your mind? How long are you going to beat yourself up with condemnation and guilt and shame? How long are you going to suffer not having the good things in life that God wants you to have? How long? How long? How long? I love what something that Brother Keith Moore said about this. He said, if you're going to get your stuff, if you're going to get your money, if you're going to get your houses, if you're going to get your lands, if you're going to get your clothes, if you're going to get your inheritance, if you're going to get your healing, you better get it here and now. Because there's no possessing. It's all there in abundance, free with no opposition when you get to heaven. You need healing down here. There is no poverty up there. You will all be forced into blessing when you arrive into heaven. You will be forced to live in the best, eat the best, walk the best, drive the best, look at the best, because he doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have a thrift store. Heaven ain't got no thrift store. He ain't got no dollar shoes. Now, don't, don't you get offended at me if you ever, if you go to the thrift store, that's fine. But I'm just saying, God's got better. God's got higher. How long will you neglect? Well, pastor, I'm just waiting on the Lord. What did this, this passage just bust that out? It's like, a, it's like a Holy Ghost torpedo that just blew that false lie and theology out of the water, Right? God through Joshua says, how long are you going to neglect? How long are you going to wait? How, we're not waiting on him. Nobody's waiting on God to heal them. You have to possess healing. No one, you're not waiting on God to pay your bills. He's already ordained to supply. Already. Already. Brother Scott, last night we were in fellowship and he was... Reminded me of that verse that God blesses the year. How does it go? He crowns the year with his goodness and all his paths drip with abundance. So, right? Just, you know, if you're not on a path where it's just drip, 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 abundance everywhere, then you're not on the right path. 
Get off the path of sin. Get off the path of uncleanness. Get off the path of compromise. Get off your path. Your path is not as good as God's path. Get on God's path. Find God's plan. His plan is already blessed. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. How long, how long, how long? How long are we going to waste time? Well, see, here's the thing. One of the reasons why I have such an urgency in my spirit about this is because we are running out of time. Notice God was not content with them having gone halfway. He was not content with them having part of what he provided. He's not. He's not content. And he's not. Let's say you've come a ways, but you've not gone all the way. I've not come all the way. You remember that, uh, that prophet came into that king in the Old Testament. And he's been harassed and he's kind of surrounded by the, I don't know if it's the Assyrians or one of these armies. And he's up in the castle. He's up in the, in the prophet and the king are having this conversation. And he said, uh, he said uh, grab an arrow. The prophet said, grab an arrow, king, and strike the ground with it. Well, he grabbed one arrow, or did he say shoot the arrow? Somebody tell you, strike it. Yeah, strike it. Strike, take the arrow and strike it. Well, he took an arrow, and he struck it three times, and the prophet was mad. He said, is that all? Is that all three times? He said, now you'll have three victories. But you should have struck it six or seven or eight or nine or ten times, and you would have totally defeated your enemies but because he was half-hearted about the prophetic instruction. Because he did not give an aggressive effort, he ended up having to deal with that enemy much longer than he should have had to deal with it. Amen? 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 See, what's waiting so much of us regarding our healing is for us to get wholehearted and to give an all-out effort toward the Word. If you would give an all-out effort toward the Word, it would not be long. You'd be healed. Amen. But so many of us, and I'm not mad at anybody, I tell you what, this is a message of love. God loves us. He, He is not content with us struggling. He is not okay with you not being able to give. He's not okay. He's not okay for us having one project and it take a whole year. Listen, you know, I'm, I'm more convinced in my spirit every day that one of the big outreaches God wants for us to, in this church is to get on more media, to get the sermons and the church services out into the region on television. Well, we need lights, stage lighting. We need all array. We need a whole lot of stuff hanging over your head. I don't want to spend the entire year of 2023 believing for that. Wouldn't it be great just to get it in a couple of months? Because then we need all the camera equipment and editing and software. I don't want to, we don't have time to spend three years, two years. We've got more buildings to build. We've got other outreaches. We've got more to do, more people to help. There needs to be an acceleration. And that means you need to be more aggressive. You have given and given and sown and sown and sown. You've sown and sown and sown and you've given money, 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 money. But you need to be more aggressive about reaping your harvest. Well, I just thought if I gave, God would bring it in. Well, you're finding out that's not working. That's not how Jerry uh, goes out into his field. He doesn't go field, I sowed. How come it's not in the silo? He's expecting to work. He's expecting to reap. Amen. Go over with me to Isaiah. I think you'll like this. Anybody okay? What direction do we run in this building? To the pastor's right. Hallelujah. This ain't some stiff, knuckle swatting. We don't have deacons. You know, we have deacons, but they're not going to get you if you shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all need it. You know, sometimes I can preach hard, corrective messages. This is a good one. You need to go ahead and get it for all you get it. Get it. Get it for all it's worth. Hallelujah. 
I tell you what, I, I am, I'm going for it in 2023. I'm going for it. I don't have to have 1996 bathroom anymore. We're changing that this month at my house. The time has come to remodel the bathroom. No more am I going to walk around on that 1996 linoleum. Mm-mm. Nope. Not when God's got better. Not when God's got travertine or whatever my wife's going to pick out. Marble. Amen. I'm going to have a more enjoyable experience brushing my teeth. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a huge point. Let me get this over to you. In fact, in my notes, I wrote huge point. God did. So here it is. It is not up to God how much of what he has made available you actually lay hold of. It's not up to God. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 23 that right in the midst of our enemies that our good shepherd Jesus has spread before us a table. And it's not up to God how many, how your, the portion of mashed potatoes you take. It's not up to God. Now at our house, we've learned if we all want to eat, we got to make Rex go last. Because Rex thinks right. He thinks I'm going to get all I want. Right, son? Yeah. Amen. I'm, but I'm telling you what, at God's table, it's all you can eat. All you can eat healing. All you can eat victory. All you can eat debt free. All you can eat the good of the land. And he already paid the bill. Jesus already paid the bill. You know, some of us, if we're really spiritual, hearing this message, we should get out in the aisle and ask one of the ushers to kick us in the butt. <laughs> Seriously. Because you're like, what have we been doing? Waiting on God. Settling. Settling. Those Israelites, they possess part of the land. God said, how long are you going to wait? Get it all. Get it all. Isaiah 54. Now, uh, the analogy here from the prophet here in Isaiah 54 is he's literally, he's dealing with barren women who have, who've longed to have children, but they haven't had any children. Amen. But you could apply this to a barren checkbook, <laughs> you know, a barren uh, body of health or whatever it is that you need. So he said, sing, O barren. You know, when you're barren, you want to have kids, you don't feel like singing. You got to learn to sing when you don't feel like singing. Sing, O barren, you that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. In other words, the, God said, I've ordained that those that were infertile, in the end, they will have more babies than the fertile women that are married. Now, God wants all people to be married that are having children. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, notice verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. The Cody translation would say, add on and build the nursery. Well, I don't have a baby yet. You're going to, though. You've got to believe God. See, it's faith that builds the nursery when the doctor says you'll never have children. And it's faith that goes shopping for a new car when your credit score says you ain't getting one. Amen. And it's faith that violates pain and proclaims its healing in the light of God's Word in the face of Symptoms and circumstances. So he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth or break forth the curtains of thine habitations. Oh, come on, underline this. We're coming back to it. Spare not. Are we reading the Bible or am I just a wild preacher coming up with these 
spare not. Everyone say, spare not. Spare not. Hey, on the bathroom, spare not. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm talking about what, what something I'm reaching for. What do you want? Amen. Well, spare not. You know, for God to instruct His people to spare not, He must be fully prepared to fund spare not. I'm coming back to that. Anyway, then He said, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you shall break forth. On the right hand and on the left. See, that's why God had to move us from Jackson Street. Because we were landlocked on a quarter acre. God gave us a place where we could break forth. On the right and on the left. We got enough land here. We, can build, we want to build a building we can. We want to build a gymnasium with a commercial kitchen, a fellowship hall, a ministry training school. Come on. We got room to do it. We want to expand the children's education and the youth center. We can do it. We want to build an apartment complex for, I don't know, people to get back up on their feet on this. We can do it. We want miles of parking lot for people to come. We can do it. Hallelujah. You shall break forth on the right and on the left, and your seed, your kids, shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither shall you be confounded, for you shall not be put to shame. You're going to forget the shame of your youth. I mean, you're just going to forget the way it was. Amen. You know, like my friend Dr. Hadabal talks about when he and uh, his wife Stephanie and their daughter, uh, uh, his wife Angie and daughter Stephanie were first married and first born. They were living in a, I mean, a, like a trailer condemned. Like you could hear the mousetraps going off at night. They had to just, you know, do flea bombs all the time. They had a three-legged couch. Yeah, but he talked about walking, walking that worn, tore-up, flea-ridden, mouse-ridden carpet and talking about, I'm coming out of this. I'm possessing my land. I'm increasing. I'm a tither. Thank you, Father. Things are changing for us. Hey, if you got a three-legged couch, I'm not making fun of you, but God's got four-legged couches out there for you. When Amber and I started, we bought our couch in Love Seat at a garage sale. And it had to be fumigated and all kinds of stuff too. But thank God our couch buying days at garage sales are over. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen to some of this from the message translation, Isaiah 54. Sing, barren women. You who've never had a baby, fill the air with song. You who've never experienced childbirth, you're going to end up with far more children than all those childbearing women. Bless you. God says so. I love this. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Then what's he say? Think big. Come on, in 2023, think big. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive your tent stakes, tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. <laughs> God doesn't want you bumping into each other all the time in your house. You think about moving in. They, that's what those Israelites did. They moved into houses built for giants. So they're five, six, but the entranceways in those homes were over nine feet. Think about Goliath was over nine feet tall. So his bed is probably 10 feet long. I'm six foot two. I mean, I could stretch out on that bed. Somebody slept and it had to be David. Got to sleep in Goliath's bed. And, I, and people are not our enemy in the New Testament. But the devil is our enemy. And he's got your stuff. And the devil got some sinner driving your car, living in your house, making your income. How long? You're going to be okay with that. What am I supposed to do? 
You're supposed to be aggressive with your faith. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you some instruction. And then my wife and I, she doesn't know it yet, but my wife and I, I've been instructed, we're going to lay hands on you because in 2017, the Lord said, the anointing to prosper has come upon you and your wife to abide. And we're going to leave this first service and we just want to bless you by the laying on of hands. And, but I'm going to believe that the spirit of aggressiveness and the spirit of a lion and the spirit of, I'm, the spirit of fed up, yeah. amen, gets on you. Amen. This goes on and says, you're going to go take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Some people are so, you know, tentative about change or stretching out for more. Thinking, well, what if things don't work out? What if they do? <laughs> if they don't work out, it is what it is right now. But what if it does work out, honey? What if you do apply for that job? What if you do follow through on that idea? What if you do get a patent on it? What if Jeff Bezos pays you $40 million for your idea? We, <laughs> see, you lose people. They've just been living on their little social security check for so long, they don't know anything else. But I'm telling you, God's got more than SSN or SSI or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, glory. Let's look at this word enlarge. And uh, you may, if you don't have anything to take notes with, just you may want to come back. But this is what the word enlarge means. It means to expand. It means to broaden. It means to get adequate room to move. See, some of you need, move, you need room to move. Can't fit five people in that little car. Come on. Right? Got five people in two bedrooms? All right. I know the Lord's happy with this preaching, even if you're not happy with it. So, so the word enlarge means to create adequate room to move, creating greater ease of life. I like this. To enlarge means to make roomy. To provide relief. To have more room to move. And the last two words I love. Unlimited and measureless. That's what God said to his people. Enlarge and don't measure. Don't measure. Don't limit. Well, pastor, if I do that, it just that's impossible for you it's impossible but not for god not with god and that's the whole point is that that you reach in 2023 and you dream in 2023 for things that are so way out beyond you that when they begin to come to pass you're going to have to tell people i didn't do this jesus did this the doctor didn't do this. A surgeon didn't do this. God did this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here are some synonyms. Y'all know what a synonym is? Words that mean the same thing or similar? Okay, I love this. Uh, for synonyms for the word enlarge. Accelerate. Rise. Gain. Increase. Multiply. Snowball. Come on, get your ball rolling. It may seem really small right now, but if you keep that thing going downhill with God's blessing, it's going to be a boulder that's going to run somebody over before long. And here's my personal favorite. It's in the dictionary. A synonym for enlarge means boom. Boom. God wants to go boom on your health. Boom on your marriage. Boom on your mind. Boom on your joy. On your joy. Some people, here's a boom on your joy. Boom. 
How about a boom on your money? Here comes the boom in 2023. I want the mug. I want the mug. Hallelujah. Here comes the boom on your evangelistic ministry in 2023. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here comes the boom on your new family in 2023. Amen. Here comes the boom on your hair salon. Come on. Is that in the Word? It's in the Word. Absolutely. Now let's look at this word spare. Because he said, don't spare. He said, spare not. And this is where we have done this. I have done this. You want to you see where I have spared? Y'all look up there. Look up in that corner up there. I have lived with, we have all lived with that for 10 years. Because when they started putting that stuff in, I was under such pressure and stress over the money and where it was going to come from. And that, is that good engineering on HVAC? Where's the architect at that we paid $110,000? That is not excellent. Here's the problem with, now, if I had, even under all that pressure, if I just said, that's not acceptable, you have, to, you have to figure that out. Would God have made that, made that go, made that, made a way? He would have. He would have. Here's the problem with sparing. You end up having to live with what you spared for. Yeah, you can settle, but you're going to have to live every day. If you settle on a mate, you got to live with what you settled for. Did I say what you want me to say? Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you settle for that car when God, had, when your heart was telling you something different, you're going to have to get in that thing and drive it. You're going to have to air up its tires every morning. You're going to have to, you know, plug its leaky oil. You're going to have to, because you settled for it. If you're going to settle for that hitch in your giddy up. Pastor, don't make fun. I am not making fun. But I'm saying God has authored wholeness for us. I'm not mad at you. Don't get feeling guilty, but just get challenged. I know it's 12. We're almost done. We're going to lay hands on you, and you're going to get something from God. Amen. Okay, so if you settle, you have to live. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have somebody frame that out, and we're going to put drywall on it and paint it the color of the wall so it will disappear. How about that? Amen. Praise God. We can, we can go back on a lot of things and say, if you're going to settle for a disorganized closet, then, but you don't have, you could go home and fix that today. If you're going to settle for kids that talk back to you, you, you can have that. God will let you have that. Or you could go home and change that. You could go home and prophesy to your children things are not going to stay as they have been. You're going to straighten up. What are you settling for? You know, you settle when you don't dream. When you don't set goals, you settle. When you just let yourself go through the rigmarole of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then you settle. If you have no vision, if you have no dream, you have no expectation of a brighter future, you've gotten, you're not writing anything's down like we're encouraging you to do, then you are settling. And your 2023 will be far less than what God wants it to be in your life. Don't settle. Don't, don't, don't compromise. Say, I've been in this, I've been this way for so long. I've, I've had this anger problem for so long. I'm just going to have it. That's you settling. 
I've been depressed so long. I guess I'm just going to be depressed. That's you settling. I've had this pain, this condition in my body for so long. I just, I've learned to live with it. That's you settling. I said, that's you settling. But at any moment, you could make a new decision. So the word spare means to withhold. It means to restrain. Amen. Now there are some things in this building that they pushed me to compromise that I didn't, like the stone on the front. People were saying, look, you're broke, man. Just give it up. You can save like $25,000 by not putting that up. I said, no. I, I am, I've already settled with a whole lot of metal that I'm looking at. I am not giving up the stone front. And you know what? God funded the stone front. And I'm still not content. We're going to get the rest of the stone and the stucco and everything else. Amen. The word spare means to stop. It means to hinder. It means to hold back. Here's a big one. To spare means to be frugal. Uh-huh, there's all you penny pinchers out there. It's good to save. Amen? But don't be frugal with your dream. Don't be frugal with your expectation of what kind of life you could have. God don't cut coupons. Ain't no coupon book in heaven. God does not spare. And it, it, it also means if you spare, it means to skimp. And there's a skimp mentality in a lot of churches. Yeah. My volunteers are not going to push around some broken down 25-year-old Kirby that you didn't want. Uh-uh. No. It means to be scant. And God said, don't do it. So let, let's finish up. He said, don't withhold, do not restrain, do not stop or hinder, do not hold back and be frugal, do not get scant, do not get skimpy with your plans and your goals and your dreams of what you can have in this life. Amen. Amen. I want to give you an instruction. On January the 14th or 15th, it's the, huh? The January the 15th, we'll be here on a Sunday. And that is the day I want all of your family, all of our families, to have your saying lists prepared. Amen? Or what you're believing God for prepared. And on that, in that service, we are going to corporately lay claim to it and use our faith. We're going to put the sickle in together spiritually. And we're going to release our faith for those things. Now, ushers have the saying list, and we'll just leave them on the back table for, for convenience sake. So we've given you a form that will help you get started. But I want to give you some instruction before we close today. Y'all okay? Number one, on your vision. The Bible says write the vision. So you need to write these things down. Here, Habakkuk 2.2 says write the vision and make it plain. If you're not wholehearted enough to at least write it down on a piece of paper, you don't want it very bad. Now, I want to. you need to write down three, three things, three categories. Okay, so if you have notes or something or go back and listen. You ready? Number one, number one, don't skip this step. Practice Matthew 6, 33. Put God first in 2023. So you need to have a vision. What do you want to do for God in 2023. That's first. You put God first. So what do you want to do in service to the kingdom? Maybe you're already doing it. You're recommitted. Or maybe you want to do something additional. What do you want to do in prayer toward the church and toward the kingdom in 2023? What do you want to do financially and materially in investing in various ministries? If you're a member here, your tithe should go here. But what about offerings to Great Commission 316 Ministries to the effort in India? You could pray about partnering with them. My traveling ministry is expanding and accelerating. What about partnering with Chris Cody Ministries? But hey, you know, what about Pastor Nancy? What about Dr. Jacobs? What about the 
community kitchen here at church? What about Lifeline? What about, what about whatever's on your heart? Maybe you're doing something. Maybe you want to up it. Use your faith. But listen, this is called putting God before yourself. So that's number one. The second category is you need to write down what you're going to believe God for. This is your necessities and your monthly obligations. And the form is very helpful. It gives you an outline you can write down every, you need to write down every debt you have, what the balance is, what the, how long to pay off, and what the current interest rate is. Because you're going to speak to that all year long. And you're going to cross them off huh, as the giants fall. How much money do you need to live blessed every month? And don't spare. Don't be scant. Don't be cheap. Budget a chocolate bar. Come on, right? Budget some savings. What is that number? You need to know what that number is. Because on, we're going to believe God for that number. What are your debts? What are your bills? What are your necessities? My God shall supply all your need. Amen? So that's category number two. Then the last category is category number three. And don't skip on this either. And this is what uh, this category is. You sit down, you and your wife, or your family, or if you're by yourself, whatever. What do you want? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to have? If money was no object. Something for yourself. So we put God first, our obligations, what we committed to, second, and then we're going to put ourselves last. What do you want? What does your family want? And I'm talking about what do you want to do? What do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What do you want to have? And you put that down as if what's in your heart, money, no object. And so you're going to have all that written down. And you're going to bring it. And we're going to hold it before God on January the 15th. Now, you've got a family, Brother Kamal, but then you've got, you've got to do this for your ministry. And you have a business. You're going to do this for your business. Jerry, you have a business. You're going to do one for your family. You're going to do one for your business. Brother David, you've got a ministry. You do it for your ministry. You do one for your family. Everything you got that this fits. Are you all with me? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you get anything today? Yes. Amen. And be wholehearted about it. I know it's, it's homework, but come on. Do we really want to possess the land? Yes. Let's all stand up on our feet. Praise God. And I need some ushers to help me. And uh, maybe somebody.